I'm doomed. Um, all right, so, uh, yeah, I want to talk about, um, and I think this is a little bit of a theme coming off of last weekend as well, so I want to talk a little bit about breaking chains and, and getting freedom. Um, in addition, uh, this, uh, our book on self-deliverance, everybody say self-deliverance. So that's really cool. Uh, you, can, you can come to any of our team uh, for breakthrough, uh, and we have a growing team, and the team is growing. You get that. Uh, you can come to any of our team uh, for breakthrough, uh, but we want to encourage you as well that you and the Holy Spirit are pretty amazing, and that there's a lot of things you can get breakthrough on without a without without this kind of a relationship. You follow what I'm saying? Now, there's nothing wrong with this kind of a relationship, uh, but what we're but what we're learning too is that, uh, and what we want to uh, encourage you in. Uh, and not to hide by any means. If you're still struggling over any kind of an issue, then please get to a mentor, get to a small group leader, get to a pastor, get to somebody. Uh, it doesn't have to be me, by the way, right? Just find out who to get to, maybe, um, and uh, get some get some breakthrough. Uh, but what we what, what we do espouse in Protestant Christianity is you don't need a priest. You you don't need a confessional booth. You don't need a priest. Though there's power in that. Um, and, and again, if you, if you aren't getting the breakthrough on your own, uh, then for sure go after that. Um, but you don't, you don't need that, uh, that system. Does that make sense? So, uh, we leverage, uh, the strength in one another, the grace in one another, the faith in one another, the breakthroughs in one another. We leverage that, uh, where we need to. Uh, but there's so much that the Lord wants to do in your personal walk, in your personal life, uh, in your personal devotions, in your prayer closet. The Lord can do amazing things with you in your prayer closet. How many of you know that? That's okay. That's good. How many of you have experienced that very thing? Amen. Um, so thinking about this, I you know I kind of feel like I'm missing something. I've left. Was there some announcement I was supposed to make or something I was supposed to do? I don't know. Restored life. Restored life's coming up. Uh, that's true. Uh, but let's dive into this, okay? Um, God has an amazing plan for us, right? How many of you believe God has an amazing plan for you? Uh, I, I think it's really important that we discover inwardly that the ambition for greatness within you is not demonic, that's really a, a big deal. And when the, when the Bible talks about taking up your cross, right, and, uh, and denying yourself and, and the crucified nature, which we're going to get into that a little bit, uh, it, it, it isn't talking about your ambition. Is that all right? Uh, it probably isn't talking about your dreams um, uh, or your talents or your skills because... Uh, those things, dreams, ambitions, talents, skills, motivational gifting, uh, those things can either be presented to God for His glory, or they can be presented to the demonic realm for that glory. You, you follow what I'm saying? So when we think about when we think about dying to self, or we think about denying ourselves, or when we think about taking up our cross, 
it, it's, not, it's not setting aside your guitar. It's not setting aside your trumpet. It's not setting aside your ability to sell well. It's not uh, setting aside motivational gifts or skills or talents. It's instead bringing those things into a sanctified relationship with God so that now they actually go further, they actually go higher than they would have previously, and, and God gets the glory for it. Is that okay? So, um, but though God has this an amazing, God has this amazing plan for us, and He has something great for you and your generation, Satan has an amazing plan as well. So uh, that's a bit of a problem. Satan has an amazing plan for you too, a plan of destruction, uh, a plan of using you, a plan of perverting your gifts. The word pervert uh, isn't really uh, to be related to sexuality. Uh, usually when we hear perverse or perversion in America, we think of something to do with sexuality. The word pervert means to twist, to distort, to twist or to distort. Uh, it's what we do to little trees, right? Bonsai trees, we grab those things and we start pulling them, twisting them. We can make something decorative out of them. What the enemy wants to do is not decorative with us. It's to twist and pervert uh, our giftings and who we are and who the real is, the real us is. So that's the enemy perverting. So uh, that, the, the problem is God has this an amazing plan for us, but we're separated from his methodology. We're separated from him in relationship. And, uh, and this happens like right off the get-go. Uh, we begin to notice that we're knit to not the Holy Spirit, but we're knit to another spirit. Okay? And I've watched it with my children, uh, be it uh, uh, whacking boyfriends who come to the door in, in a bad place, uh, or, you know, dropping things on people's heads, or... or you know, uh, all uh, any parents in the building? Anybody raise any children? Um, you know, if you didn't recognize, uh, if you didn't recognize disobedience, rebellion, and pride uh, in you, you might have recognized it in your children. I mean, by now you could be so sanctimonious that you don't even recognize it in you, but you certainly, no doubt, <laughs> recognize some of this in your children. Okay. So uh, let's look at some Bible scriptures, and because what I want to talk about a little bit is who we were. <coughs> Excuse me. This is not coffee. <coughs> Hallelujah. What I want to talk about a little bit is who we were before we came to the Lord. Uh, did anybody have a before the Lord life? Anybody in the building? Okay. All right. So here's what the Bible says. I want to just give you a few verses uh, because it kind of, you know, it kind of spells it out super clear uh, and, and is pretty powerful. Before we came to the Lord, we were under the influence of Satan. I know that's not polite, it's not kind, it's not cool, uh, it's not what we want to think about ourselves maybe, uh, unless you've come to such a point that you're so blessed that you've come to the Lord, you're so blessed in your salvation that you recognize, yeah, I was a pretty, was a pretty big mess back then. Was anybody a mess before they came to the Lord? Good, okay, 10 of you, that's good. Um, okay, so that's, this is for you, 10. All right, so 
Ephesians 2, verse 1, And you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you were dead, you were dead, like you were a mess, in which you formerly walked according to the course, the natural course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, of the spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. So we were all disobedient. We, our, our lifestyle was disobedience. And it's interesting, you know, the Bible says that in that pre-conversion state, we were one, we were knit to the demonic realm. We, we have to realize that sin and the demonic realm are like one together. Like the Word and the Holy Spirit are married. Did you see Brian posted on that this week uh, on Facebook? He was like, the Word and the Spirit are married. I don't know if you saw that. And he had a really cool little thing that he said about that. Uh, so likewise, sin and the demonic realm are married together. They're joined together. Like in, in James three thirteen through 17, it says where there's envy and bitterness and selfish ambition, there will be disorder, evil, uh, disorder and every evil, disorder, confusion, and every evil thing. For this wisdom is not from above. It doesn't come down from above. But this wisdom is earthy, sensual, Sensual doesn't mean sexy in that, in that phrase. It means of the sense realm. We have five senses. For that is, and he says, this wisdom, envy, jeal- uh, envy jealousy, uh, selfish ambition, he says, is earthy, sensual, and demonic. So there's, you know, there's passage after passage after passage in the Bible where we see that sin and the demonic realm are married. They are like one together. It's, it's not like we were sinning and Satan had nothing to do with it. You follow what I'm saying? We would like to think that. We would like to think that that was just us, that we were just doing that on our own, because it, it's very uncomfortable for us to think that the demonic realm had something to do with our sinning, because that means the demonic realm had something to do with us. And that's very uncomfortable to think that we were kind of like knit friendly, joined to the demonic realm. Not very, that's, it just doesn't feel good, doesn't feel right. Uh, we, we, you know, we want to be separated from that. I don't know, you know. And so, you know, the, the Bible would call that demonized. Every one of us, by the way, were demonized. Every person in this room were demonized. The word simply means, it doesn't mean demon-possessed, by the way. Demon-possessed is not in the original Greek text, and the word demonized just means influenced by demons. And every one of us coming to the Lord were influenced by demons. It just the fact of the matter is. And you'll notice here it says that this spirit of disobedience is a spirit that is now working in the sons of disobedience. I know C.S. Lewis has uh, wormwood. By the way, the word... The wormwood is a demon spirit listed in the book of Revelation. And C.S. Lewis has wormwood or, you know, some of these spirits uh, out here on the shoulder talking in the ear. But uh, the Bible doesn't have that. The Bible has the spirits working in. That's even more scary. That's even, that's even more wild, right? Like working in? What does that mean, in? Uh, it means in. Uh, it, 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 these spirits... Uh, that were affecting us and or that harm us now, uh, were not like sitting on our shoulder, walking around with us, talking in our ear. They were sitting in our soul. 
and talking to us out of the soul realm, mind, will, emotions, imagination, and reasoning. That's where they were relating to us. That's where they were talking to us. Okay? You might have heard one this morning on your way in. I don't, I don't know. I, I heard one yesterday. I'm always watching over my thought life, right? As a man thinketh, Proverbs 23, 7, as a man thinketh, so is he. Or we might fast forward to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, as a man allows himself to think, so is he. Or as a man allows thought to progress, so he could conclude that he is. Or what Jesus says, out of the mouth, out of the mouth comes things that identify the treasure. What's happening on the inside? It's the treasure. Jesus said, it's not what you eat that defiles you. It's your inner man that defiles you. And Jesus said that you will know the root by the fruit. So he's saying, in other words, if you've got certain fruit you're dealing with, this is Matthew, 20, uh, Matthew 12, 33. Uh, he says, if you've got certain fruit that you're dealing with, you can conclude that it's attached to a root system. So, sin is connected to the demonic realm. Uh, listen to 2 Timothy 2.26. 2 Timothy 2.26. Uh, that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. John 8, uh, John 8, 34, uh, John 8, 34, truly, truly, I say to you, everyone who commits sin is the slave of sin. And, and we might say that's like reoccurring sin. Uh, does anybody have any, uh, oh, shouldn't raise, don't, don't raise your hand, don't raise your hand. Reach over and grab the hand of your neighbor. Does anybody have any reoccurring sin in your life? All right, uh, just, okay, a couple neighbors lifting up their hands here, that's good. John 8, 42 I know, sometimes my timing is just terrible, right? Let's all raise our hands on this one. Uh, John 8, 42, Jesus said, and he, he's talking to the Pharisees, and it, it's in this context uh, that they're, you know, they're accusing him, uh, and so he, he brings this out to them. If God were your father, you would love me, for I proceed forth and have come from God, for I have not even come on my own initiative, but he sent me. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? It's because you cannot hear my word. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. Uh, yeah, this all right? 2 Timothy 2, 19, promising them freedom while they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by what a man is overcome, thank you, Bill, I actually am not going to blow my nose and, like, freak all of you out, but, but my fresh goatee does need wiped off uh, lightly. Okay, y'all okay out there? Okay. <laughs> okay, are we having fun yet? All right, y'all yeah, right? All right. Good. 
All right, we're doing good. All right, second, <laughs> second Peter 2.19, promising them freedom while they, they themselves are slaves of corruption. For by, what, for, for by what a man is overcome, he is enslaved. Now, you know, this is interesting. When we start talking about stuff like slavery uh, and bondage and some of these words, uh, strongholds, roots, uh, when the Bible talks about this stuff, by the way, it, it never differentiates the New Testament, the Bible. It never differentiates and says, oh, I'm, we're talking to non-Christians. It, it never does that. It never says, oh, you know, oh, excuse me, excuse me. Uh, uh, these verses are meant only for non-Christians. When you come to the Lord, uh, there, can, you can, there can never be a bondage. You, there can never be uh, an enslaved situation. Uh, there can never be a root. Uh, there can never be uh, a, a stronghold. That, that just is not in the text. Uh, when we talk, I mean, the assumption all throughout the New Testament is that believers cast out devils. Where do they cast them out? This is Mark 16, 17. Where do believers cast out devils? Ekbalo is the word. Send forth. Get out. Go. Right? Where, where do they do this? Wherever they find them. Uh, the, it is never spoken in the New Testament. Oh, 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 oh. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, you, this will never come up with Christians or in churches. This will never come up. Uh, so what we're saying is that as you go forth and you uh, take the gospel uh, to the unsaved people groups across the globe, uh, you will run into strongholds, roots, uh, enslavement, and bondages, and devils. And if you do run into devils, cast the devils out. It, it, it never says that. Wherever you find them, you expel them even if you find them with you. Is this okay? Uh, this is important to talk about because I think it, it could be the most, you know, we, we, we say we want revival, and I, I had this little revelation one morning. You know, we pray for revival. We say we want revival. We're, we covet revival. We desire revival. We fast for revival. Uh, but one of the, one, just one, one of the little ramas I had one morning is that if we had a lot less devils, we would have a lot more revival. Because we, we, we come packing into church, uh, we come packing in our bitterness and our unforgiveness and, uh, and our porn and, and our negativity and our unbelief and our doubt and And our pride and our lust, lust doesn't mean sexual either, by the way. Lust just means our, our extreme craving for things, you know, it's just extreme. It's beyond, it's out of balance craving. Calm down. You don't need to crave it that bad. Calm down, right? And again, a lot of this goes back, for all of us, it goes to our thought life, is that, that we, don't, we don't realize fully that we were so knit to the demonic realm we were, we were being led by unclean spirits. We were doing things that, that were of the unclean realm. That, and we, we come to the Lord, and a lot of that stuff still wants to hang on, and we have to continue to contend to get free from it. And if we don't, it'll hang on. And if it hangs on, it will quench, it will quell revival. 
in that atmosphere, in an atmosphere where people aren't free, they aren't free to obey the Holy Spirit, they aren't free to follow the Holy Spirit, they aren't free to, they aren't, they aren't free, right? Just Lawrence coming forward uh, tells me that he's entered into a pretty high level of freedom. Otherwise, something would have controlled him and said, don't you dare, don't you dare, don't you dare go forward. But he's walking in some personal revival right now, but that personal revival, you have to realize revival is attached or restoration or the Holy Spirit doing what He wants to do in you is attached to your freedom. And if, you, if you're not contending for your freedom, then you're harming your own revival, the outpouring or the infilling of the Spirit within you. Uh, I, I think a lot of this is, uh, I want to read some verses about the cross, because uh, I think that deliverance, for, for me, I know, uh, I know that, and I've read a lot about deliverance, but I've also read a lot about uh, Christianity, Christian sanctification. And I'm amazed when I read the authors of those who've not espoused, practiced, embraced, partnered with, whatever wants to have, to hold, to harass, to trouble us, and put upon us an identity and a thought life or a thinking that is not of the Lord. I've noticed those people always talk about how hard it is to live the Christian life. And if you're around, by the way, if you're around those people, you might detect this. Uh, me, and if you're around yourself, and you might detect this. I don't know. You know, maybe you've got trouble here too, right? But here's, here's what I've discovered. I've discovered that it's only hard, and, and it's only hard to live the crucified life, the Christian life, the crucified life, if I've allowed something to flourish, if I... If I Zach's word was perfect about it this morning, Acts chapter 16. Uh, if I haven't confronted something that in Western theology, in Western Christianity, we have the cross pretty well figured out, uh, and we know that the cross is, uh, is entering into the death of Jesus. Uh, we, we know that, and we know, we know some good things about the cross. So the cross is entering, cross is entering into the death of Jesus. Uh, it is identifying with His death that even as He died for us, we die also to living for ourselves. We die for living according to the pattern of the sinful nature. That's what the cross is. So, several times he talked about it, but then Paul writes and gives us clarity on it. So, Jesus talked about it. He said, Matthew 16, 24, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. Luke 9, 23. And he said, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. Dr. Luke added the word daily, daily, and follow me. Luke 14, 27. Whoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. So, 
Then we, we, we fast forward to Romans chapter 6 where talk, Paul talks about once we were slaves to unrighteousness, and that sounds really extreme. It fit really well in probably the, the vernacular of that day and in the vernacular of King James when he had, this, had that translated. Uh, but the idea is just that we were complicit. Uh, we, were, we were obedient to unrighteousness. We were, we were knit to unrighteousness. We, we yielded to unrighteousness. We followed unrighteousness. We obeyed unrighteousness. And therefore, we were slaves. Uh, for us to... I don't know what it is. I don't know. I don't know. A little nose shower going on right there. Um, for us to be complicit, to be in agreement, to yield to, to, uh, uh, to, to submit to... Uh, unrighteousness is to be a slave to unrighteousness. So we don't want that. Everybody say, we don't want that. I don't want that in my life. But what, what happened in the early church as a common practice in the early church is that when we saw the power of the cross, when we embraced the cross as a as a part, it's a, it's a step towards salvation, and, and, and we don't do this well in Western Christianity. In Western Christianity, we ask you if you want to be born again. We zoom you over to Romans chapter 8, 10 through 8. Do you want to be born again? Yes, and then we lead you. If you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you shall be saved. We lead you into a prayer to awaken your spirit man. John 3, 3 through 5 says, he that is what, what is born of the Spirit is spirit. And so we awaken your spirit, man, and the Holy Spirit comes to reside in your spirit, but we leave the rest of your soul quite encumbered and overwhelmed and under bondage. The rest of your soul is, is still a mess. We don't understand well the phases, the phases of truly becoming or the steps of truly becoming a new creation. The steps of becoming a new creation, number one, is agree in my heart and confess with my mouth Jesus is Lord. But number two is embrace the cross. Jesus talks about it amply in the Gospels. Paul writes about it amply throughout Scripture. Colossians 1, Colossians 3, Romans, I mean, he just brings it up time and time again, the power of the cross and, 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 and our death and our burial. And in Romans chapter 6 is where we get the idea of, uh, of water baptism because what do you do with dead people? You bury dead people, right? So baptize means to immerse, and we immerse you in the water because the water represents the surface of the earth. And we're actually doing something legal in the heavenlies. We're doing something legal with you. We're actually, we're actually declaring with you that you're a new creature, that you go down in the waters of baptism dead to the carnal nature, dead to the desire, the power, the claim of sin on your life, and you come up as a new creation. Uh, the problem is we, we never take you uh, into working out the power of that. The power of the cross is deliverance. 
That if you, are, if you are no longer, if you're a new creation and you are no longer attached to the demonic realm, if you no longer have obligation to obey or listen to the demonic realm, then the, the next conclusion for you is to embrace freedom through deliverance. Expel those influences that harmed you, that have been affecting you, that have been leading you, that have been directing you, that have been troubling you, expel those influences. Tell them to go. You're sovereign over you. Everybody say this with me. I am sovereign over my soul. Yeah, you're in charge of you. So, and, and here's, here's what I think, uh, and I think this is biblical. We have the mind of Christ. Paul says we have the mind of Christ. Everybody say, the mind of Christ. This is, there's a way for you to measure your thought life right there. You have the mind of Christ. You've been given love, power, and a sound mind. Self-control to walk with and under the mind of Christ. 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5, the weapons of our warfare are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds taking every thought captive and bringing those thoughts under the obedience of Jesus. Why would we want to bring every thought under the obedience of Jesus? Because he represents the superior man who not only has defeated Satan on our behalf, but qualified us to live as sons of God. So I want to bring every thought, every thought, every thought, everybody say every thought, not part of my thoughts, not a few of my thoughts, not just one thought here or there or a thought or here. I want to bring every thought. I, I literally cross-examine every thought. This is how we're called to live. And, uh, and if a thought does not line up with Jesus, because He is the measure of the new creation of which you've become. If a thought does not line up with Jesus, then it's not your thought. So, count those thoughts that don't line up with Jesus as demonic thoughts. Are you saying that I have demons? You just said it. I didn't say anything. I'm just preaching the Word. Well, why would you, why would you say that I have the influence of demons if I just had a bad thought? Because bad thoughts are married to the demonic realm. And if you, want, if you want to live the Christian life revived and live it easy instead of white-knuckle your way through, then just embrace a little bit of deliverance and you will be surprised how easy it is to live the crucified life. But if I've got something bugging me internally, it's bugging me and it's testifying, it's bearing witness to anger, or to pride or jealousy. I'll, I'll give you a, 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 a... I have to work on me all the time. I'll give you a, a, crazy, a crazy example for me because this, this, is, this is my vocation. This is my occupation. But like sometimes uh, I'll see, uh, uh, you know, uh, I'll see a church uh, having a conference and they're having in these really cool speakers 
right? Or they're having, you know, some kind of a, like we just had the summit, and they're having like a summit, they're having some kind of a conference, and they're having these guests and, and these worship teams, and they've got some team coming in from Bethel or something to lead worship, you know? And I will think something like... Um, Well, I hope everybody doesn't go to that. Or what if some of our people go to that and they find out that's really cool? Where do you think that thought came from? By the way, by the way, demonic influence within you will always sound like you. This is your pre-cross, pre-conversion life that was knit to, joined to the demonic, that you've declared crucified and put to death, and it wants to spring up uh, because you didn't drive out the spirit that was attached to the thing you crucified. You crucified it well, you put it to death well, but you didn't drive out the spirit that was attached to the thing you crucified. So because you didn't drive out the Spirit, you didn't dismiss, you didn't ekbalo, you didn't, you didn't let go of the Spirit that was attached to the part of you that used to live, that Spirit wants to talk as if you didn't crucify. It, that's, that, that Spirit wants to talk as if you aren't dead. That Spirit wants to pretend that's you. And by the way, don't, these spirits, they'll show up and actually they'll be imposters of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that demon spirits can actually minister to your soul as if they were ministers of righteousness. You've got to be real discerning, super discerning. And so when you hear something like that in your gut, when you hear something like that, you're like, whoa, I think that's jealousy, envy, pride, fear, Right? You just do a little self-examination right there, and, you, and, and I, I, I have nothing to do with that. The new creation, Duane, has nothing to do with that. I renounce that in the name of the Lord. Get out of me. And I'll just start praying a little prayer right there. Go, go, get out, get out, get out. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And the word spirit means breath, and pretty soon I got a little breath response. I can usually feel it coming up out of my gut. And uh, it's gone. You know what happens? You know what happens uh, on the other side of some prayer like that? And this is not braggadocious. And no, I'm not getting ready to get hit with some retaliation from the devil this afternoon. No, 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 no. You know what happens on the other side of some prayers like that? It's not hard to live the crucified life. It's not hard to live the crucified life. Oh, I'm, oh, my goodness, it's so hard not to be jealous. It's so hard not to be envious. And Oh, I'm just fearful. Some of my people might go over there. Oh, my goodness, they might find something good at another church. Oh, my goodness. And I'm wrestling my brain down, and I'm just really fighting my brain down. Oh, my goodness. It's not hard. It is not hard to live. The f- now, what do we, where do we shift? We've got to shift into faith, right? Because as soon as the demonic is, is gone, 
Man, I could hear the testimony of Jesus. Well, I hope some of my people go over there and get fed. I hope they get blessed. I hope that church has a breakthrough. You know, we need a church like that on every corner. We need a house of Zion on every corner. There's so many people that need the Lord in this region. We, if we filled all of the churches, we couldn't hold them. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to shift that. I'm going to shift that with a new creation thought, new creation talk, new creation phrasing, and I'm going to win this battle. But you have to know it's a battle. You have to know your thought life is a battlefield. What's happening in your thought life is a battleground. And the way you posture, the way you deal with, the way you confront, this is how you apply the cross. Why do we have the cross? What's the cross all about? There has to be an application of the cross where we say to thoughts, where we say to imaginations, where we say to unclean influence, where we say to unclean emotions, waves of, of fear or, 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 or panic. We say to it, no, you're not of God, so you're not of me. If something is not of Jesus, it's not of you. You have the mind of Christ. That's the mind you've been given. You have the mind of Christ. You're a new creation. You set your Colossians 3, Romans 6, verse 8, no, 8, verse 6. You set your mind on the things that relate to you, the things that where your identity flows. Set your mind on those things. Set your mind on those things. Grab your mind. Grab it. Grab it. Get it over here. This is what I'm going to think. I need the praise team to come because we're going to think about that right now. Praise team, come quickly. Let's stand up. When Jennifer was here, we had the craziest things happen. Crazy, crazy thing. Uh, when Jennifer was here, she talked about, and I think this was Providence, by the way. She talked about uh, a spirit that restricts or uh, a spirit that constricts. Constricts. And uh, so, and she said, you know, sometimes God you know, brings me into areas, you know, like uh, on assignment, you know, to, to, to quench territorial spirits, you know, and and so she starts talking about this constricting spirit, and she said, you know, she told this story about when she was in Thailand, she worked into this with a story, and um, and so she's telling this story about Thailand and this python spirit, and we're all, we're all sitting here, we're all sitting here looking at her, strange, about python spirits. Python spirits. Okay, Lord, help us. Thank you, Jesus. Help us. Get us out of this one quickly, Jesus. I didn't know what you were thinking, but who, who knows? You know, you might have been having some weird thoughts. So she's talking about this python spirit. It was providence. So she calls you all forward. People are called forward. I think, was this, was this Thursday night? What was this? Thursday night? I can't remember. She calls people forward. You know, 30 people came forward. Uh, you know, they feel like constriction on their, on their breath and on their breathing. And, and I'm standing there on the front row, and I begin to think, I wonder if all of these literally years upon years upon years upon years upon years upon years upon years, upon years and I'm that old, uh, years of 
torment and trouble with my voice could be related to a python spirit. So I'm like, eh, I don't know. But I'm really good. I'm, I'm like, I'm up for an experiment. I'm constantly up for a, a Holy Ghost experiment. So I just, I'm standing back there. I didn't come forward. I'm standing right there. And I just started, Python spirit, you leave me alone. I cast the Python spirit out of me. Now I'm doing this by faith. I'm just kind of like holy experiment of which I, I wish you would live like me all the time. Just go on holy experiments, right? So I'm, I'm just Python spirit. You have to go, you know? Get out, get out, Python spirit. The Lord rebuke you. I cast you out of my body. I cast you out of my body. All at once I started feeling something. I'm like, what? This is weird. I, I, will, I will submit to you. I've been doing deliverance ministry on hundreds of people for, since 1993. And it's still weird to me. It's still weird. If you leave here today saying, that was weird. I'm in agreement. It's weird. I, I agree with you. I will tell you this. It's weird. So I'm like Python spirit, Python spirit. Yeah, I'm feeling, oh, whoop, whoop, whoop. leave me alone. Leave me alone. Go. You got to go. All at once. Burp, 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 burp. I mean, literally, some. I mean, I don't know how much stuff was attached to this Python spirit. Those of you that heard me, you heard me sing last Sunday morning on the, on the platform. You heard me sing with a sore throat. I was fighting the cold germ. With a sore throat, I'm singing. With, with Jessica. When I left here, my vocal cords were happy as a clam. anyway, so I'm like, oh, this is weird, man. There's something going on here. I think this could be, this could be a territorial spirit, not only harming me, but harming this whole church, constricting this whole church, constricting these people, choking the life out of the people that are in this congregation. So I step forward in the line. I'm like, Jennifer, pray for me. I, I think you nailed something. You nailed something. So she prays for me. Uh, and I'm, I got deliverance. I don't know how many spirits were attached to that. I kept getting deliverance until 11 p.m. that night. Something lifted off of my vocal cords. I'm, t I'm telling you, something crazy lifted off of my vocal cords, and I felt, I felt like I had new vocal cords. I literally felt like I had new vocal cords. Now, listen to me. I'm going to tell you something else that goes with this, and we've gone way over time. Uh, and if you needed to leave, you should have left a long time ago. It's your fault now. The whole thing is your fault now, but you, and you didn't leave, so you're on your own. Listen, though, this whole week, though, I've had a spirit ministering to my mind this whole week. I didn't recognize it was a spirit until two days ago. But every time I thought about how good my vocal cords felt, I would hear, I would, I would literally think, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I know, I can't believe it. Two days ago, I recognized that's not the Holy Spirit saying I can't believe it. That's an unclean spirit wanting me to begin to yield to thinking that this can't last 
this can't go on. This is too good to be true. Something's going to happen. I, I, I'm going to, an affliction's going to come. This is just an anomaly. This might only last a week, and then I'm going to be back to a bad voice. Two days ago, I recognized that thought. I can't believe it. That is not of the Holy Spirit. If it's not of the Holy Spirit, it's not of me. If it's not of Jesus, it's not of me. So I started saying, unbelief, you have to go. 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 You that say, I can't believe it, get out of me. Get out of me. Get out of me. Get out of me. See, I recognized another thing that had to go that was now attaching itself to the miracle that God gave me with that breakthrough. I don't want you to run away from this. I want you to run to this. We're going we're gonna to have several weeks on this theme, on this, on this thought. Uh, uh, next week, I want to talk about stuff that has happened to you, not because of sin, but because of other things. It's not just our sins that have opened us up to the demonic realm and therefore caused us to be plagued and bothered and troubled and have thoughts and emotions that are under the new creation that we're called to. Altars open right now. I just saw all across the room, I want the prayer team to come, prophetic team, those of you that have a little bit of confidence in deliverance ministry, just come. We'll close this morning. I'm not expecting all of you to flock to the front. Or, and, and I know that you're, you're thinking right now, well, that could be a little, this, is, this could be a, a super embarrassing altar call if I respond to this. Uh, you know what? The fear of man is the first thing you need to conquer right now. And you're going to conquer the fear of man. At least you're going to get some victory over it by not obeying fear. Don't obey fear. We don't care what anybody thinks if, they're, if, if they think something bad. We only care that the right thinking in this room right now is he that is spiritual restores. He that is spiritual restores. All across this room, all we're thinking right now is restoration for one another. That's Galatians 6, 1 and 2. He that is spiritual restores. But if you're here in the room this morning, as we close, you just recognize, you know, I've had some thoughts harassing me. Uh, I want to deal with them. Maybe you don't. Maybe you want to come forward. Maybe you don't even want prayer. You just want to come up and pray. But let's close that way. And let's just put our foot on the enemy. Let's kick the enemy out. Let's speak to those thoughts. Speak to those thoughts as if they have personality and tell them to leave us alone. Amen? Father, we thank you for revival. We thank you for revival. We thank you for a revival that is heightened, that is strengthened, that is awakened, that is stimulated by freedom, that is, that is growing because of freedom, because of the people who are getting free, getting free, getting free, getting free, laying hold of who they are in Jesus, laying hold of who you've made us in the new creation. I thank you for it today in Jesus' name. Amen. He's breaking the chains. He's breaking the chains. Right here, right now. Oh, he's breaking the chains. Oh, he's breaking the chains. Yes.
Set me free. He is rescuing me. 